All right, everybody, welcome in. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner with you here, bringing you another week's edition of the podcast. We're wrapping up the regular season. There's less than a handful of games remaining, and you have the Barbasol Men and Women's College Basketball Championships coming up around the corner. It's a race to the finish line. Final seeding, so important. The top four seeds get a first-round bye. The top four seeds get to host a quarterfinal game to punch their ticket to Indianapolis. And things are starting to really heat up, uh, and I'm excited to bring on our guest. Coming up here in just a few moments, Northern Kentucky great Drew McDonald. He'll join us here in just a second. But just a reminder... As the Barbasol Men and Women's College Basketball Championships are getting closer and closer, March starts here in Indianapolis. The Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships will take place at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum on March 11th and 12th in Indy with trips to the NCAA tournament on the line. Follow your Horizon League men and women's basketball teams on campus during first round and quarterfinal games before joining them in Indy for a major experience in the semifinals and championship rounds. Visit horizonleague.com slash Indy. For more details, again, we welcome you in Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. So many big games on the men's side this weekend. Youngstown State at Green Bay. Wright State has a big one with Oakland coming up on Sunday. Youngstown at Milwaukee. Milwaukee just trying to hang in there in the middle of the pack, trying to you know get that top four spot, of course. And they could play a spoiler for Youngstown as they, uh, of course, chase a regular season title as well. Fort Wayne at Green Bay. Northern Kentucky welcoming in Cleveland State as they battle for that fourth spot as well there's so much activity and so many unknowns as we head into the final weeks of the regular season but i'm excited to bring on our next guest former northern kentucky star three-time horizon league first team member former horizon league player of the year the bottom line is is if i went through his entire list of accomplishments we would never actually get to actually talking with him so let's welcome him on drew mcdonald drew we appreciate your time welcome thank you justin i really appreciate you having me on yeah, so we were talking uh, before we started recording today, and I think it's really cool that uh, you're still af- affiliated with the program in a media capacity, calling games for Bally Sports, of course. Uh, I'm filling in this year doing color for Wright State along Chris Collins. And when Wright State played at Northern Kentucky, I was like, man, I was like, that looks like Drew. And sure enough, found out it was you, you calling games for your former team. How special is that, even after your playing days, to be sitting courtside calling games for your alma mater? Yeah, it's been an absolute blast. Something I really didn't think about going into it. Um, the opportunity kind of presented itself last season for a few games similar to you, filling in for uh, Brad Redford, who was doing it at the time. Some people might remember him as Xavier mm-hmm. Sharpshooter played there. He was calling most of the games. Um, he had some family things that come up, and he just had a baby. And they were like, hey, do you want to fill in for a few games? And I'm like, I mean, I guess. Like, I've never done that before. <laughs> And um, here we are a year later. I love it. It's been a blast. Uh, I love just getting on the media side of things. One of the reasons I went to NKU staying home was I wanted to be part of it, not just for four years, but for 40 years, and just to continue to see the program grow and being able to do that at a media level and kind of take on a new role with the program has been absolutely awesome. You know, real quick, before we get into the, the current slate of the Horizon League and the big games coming up, you know, thinking back, uh, you know, to your playing days, it's wild because you didn't play that long ago, but I feel like college basketball has changed so much since back when you played. And, you know, following Wright State the way I do, they had a player in, in Loud and Love who that was your rival, of course, right? Like it was, I mean, there were some battles between you guys back in the day. And it was always fascinating. Every time we'd go into an offseason, the chatter of Wright State and Northern Kentucky, yeah, well, we'll see if NKU can keep Drew 
McDonald's. Well, we'll see if Wright State can keep loud and love. We'll see if, you know, Oakland can keep their start. Like, that's always the chatter for mid-major teams every year. The transfer portal way bigger now than what the transfer opportunities were for back when you played. But what made you and, and Loudon and other players in the league so special is you had the talent to play at bigger schools. You were definitely talented enough to go to high major programs, but you were loyal and you stuck it out. And that's what made your career so special at NKU and other players around the league. Talk about what went into that decision to, to stay loyal, to stick to NKU and to be a part of their story as they were, again, continuing to build that program. I think the way you just ended that question is what kept me there more than anything. Um, I wasn't really highly recruited. I only had a few offers coming out of uh, high school. And um, Northern Kentucky just felt like home. Literally, it is home. Um, people make fun of me all the time. I actually went further away for high school than I did college. So <laughs> I lived that close to the campus. I had a lot of family ties to the campus. My mom was an All-American back in the Division Two days for NKU. Uh, my great uncle was the first baseball coach and the baseball field named after him at Northern Kentucky and Bill Aker. Uh, so I had a ton of family ties to Northern. I've been around the program and just going division one, I knew I wanted to settle in the Cincinnati area after college. And I wanted to be part of something that was a lot bigger than just me as a person. And I felt like if I could stay home and help build that program, I didn't know when success would come. Never would I thought it, it would have came as quickly as it did, but eventually it was going to get there. Just the dedication to athletics, the facilities, the passion for basketball in this area. I knew success was going to come at Northern Kentucky, and I just wanted to be a small part of that. And as we continue to grow, transferring really never crossed my mind, to be honest with you. I had people that would ask all the time. Hey, are you considering it? And it wasn't as big of a deal back then. Mm. When I say back then, like five or six years ago, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> but um, it never crossed my mind. I had so many goals and so much love for that school that I, I don't even know if there was another school in the country that would have approached me. I would have either even considered it. And I, I mean that with my full heart. Now, and what's wild is you talk about laying that foundation and being a part of that success that kind of set the stage for the future of NKU basketball. Um, you know, a lot of that was shown, the health of the program, when John Brandon leaves, who was a fantastic coach. Obviously, you played for him. John Brandon leaves. Darren Horn takes over. And it's as if, you know, there was no – it was a seamless transition. Darren Horn, another fantastic coach who has done great things uh, with the Norse program, of course. But the health of the program, you know, it's not easy, you know, having a coaching change. And for Darren Horn just to pick up where Coach Brandon left off, obviously has all his guys there now. That just shows you the health of the program, the health of the program stemming from your uh, run, not just you individually, but your run with your teammates during that stretch. The health of the program, one of the healthiest in the league, no doubt. No doubt. And what I mean, lay the foundation, like obviously Northern Kentucky was ultra successful in division two days. Like mm -hmm. I got to give, I mean, coach list, uh, coach, uh, uh, coach shield just got his banner in the, uh, rafters. And you just look at what he did at a division two level playing in two national championships. You got guys like the Listerman brothers, Craig Sanders, Paul Cluxton. You got a whole list of people that they laid the foundation. It was just, we had a transition into the division one era. And when you look at the success it's had, I mean, let's look at it at a major level. Everyone was talking about, hey, when Coach K leaves Duke, what's that job going to turn into? Because Coach K is Duke. Well, Northern Kentucky isn't one coach or one player. And when you see that, when Coach Brandon left and Coach Horn came in, the likes of Tyler Sharp, Dan Tez Walton, Trayvon Faulkner, Jalen Tate, they all stayed. 
they weren't just there for Coach Brand. They were there for the program. And every coach that has come in has had a lot of success at Northern Kentucky University. Every player that's come in has had a lot of success. And that just speaks to the overall health of the program. I mean, you look at another major team like UConn, they hang pride in every coach. The last three coaches that have been there have won a national championship. Mm -hmm. The health of that program is incredible. You can't say the same always for a likes of, I mean, Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky guy, but Billy Gillespie didn't have a ton of success. Like, you look at these other programs that are so tied to the coach or the players that are there, it's not like that at Northern Kentucky University. Drew McDonald's our guest on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. So you're calling games for Northern Kentucky, as we talked about. Uh, you're obviously a former NKU great. You're an NKU fan, and you are the color analyst for Northern Kentucky. How difficult is it to, you know, when your team's going on a run and you want to celebrate, but you got to remain the, the color analyst, right? you you got to stick to the – how tough is that, being a former player and a fan, calling games for that team? Because I'm sure your excitement and emotions can get the best of you, uh, no doubt. No doubt. That's been the uh, hardest hardest transition is everything that comes out of my mouth, someone's listening on air. So <laughs> uh, even as like a player at times, I, I was very vocal and would just say some things because, I mean, that's what you need to do in a leadership role sometimes is just let people know what you're doing, how you think they're playing, things like that. And then as a fan, I became a casual college basketball fan really quick. Oh, I, I'm just saying everything. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> things like that. So – the easiest thing, the hardest thing that had to happen was the transition to everything out of my mouth is being heard on air. And, uh, but it's probably kept my blood pressure down a little bit, which has helped. <laughs> Good stuff. So now you look at this season, of course, obviously Northern Kentucky coming in after making the tournament last year. And I thought it was really cool. You know, we talked about how important it was for you to come back after being tempted or at least teams, you know, reaching out to you. The thing that's interesting is, a lot of the star players for last year's NKU squad, they were kind of facing those same realities as well. The The core of last year's success comes back. Unfortunately, you get that injury, you know, with with Sam at the beginning of the season, but Marquis work's been fantastic. Lights out, no doubt about that. Uh, but just talk about the resilience of this team and what that was like uh, finding out that the core of last year's successful roster coming back because they wanted to run it back and, again, still in the mix to get in the top four spot this season. Yeah, I mean, in today's landscape of college basketball, it's almost like a free agency mm -hmm. uh, every year. You don't know what your team's exactly going to look like, especially at the mid-major level, because you get it both ways. You get guys wanting to transfer up and get to a bigger school, and you also get you're looking for high division two, low division one guys that you can pull up to your program or guys dropping down. You have both ends of the spectrum. Where in major basketball, they're mainly just looking for guys to pull up. So you get both ends. Like you're trying to recruit your best players just as much as you're trying to recruit new athletes to come to your team. And I'm so glad I didn't have to deal with that in my day. Like <laughs> we talked about how much I loved NKU and how I just want to be there. So I couldn't imagine going through that. But for a big-time mid-major program that played on the national level against Houston at the end of the year, the number one Houston team, and that was a possession game with under eight minutes to go, for them to keep their top three players essentially coming back in Marquez work, Sam Vincent and Trey Robinson is unbelievably impressive. And I think that speaks to the culture of NKU basketball and where the state of the program is. 
You look at right now as they're kind of fighting there in their mix of things right now in Northern Kentucky, 9-7, and seven, along with Milwaukee uh, and Cleveland State. NKU, Cleveland State has a big one coming up uh, th- this weekend, of course, or this week, I should say. Uh, and then you look up at the top of the league. I highlighted some of this at the beginning of the podcast, but Youngstown, right now they're sitting uh, in third at 11-6, you know, looking up at Green Bay and Oakland, but they have big games to remain there in the top. They got Milwaukee on the road. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to – Green Bay is going to be playing uh, Fort Wayne. Youngstown going to be playing – Green Bay. I mean, they're going to have Youngstown. We're going to find out just who they are as far as being in the mix for the top spot after this weekend. Northern Kentucky fighting for that middle spot. Wright State and Oakland coming up on Sunday. That's massive. You look at NKU trying to get to that, you know, one of those top four spots. They got a big weekend as well. Yeah, Justin, I've been paying attention to the horizon. Let's see, the year before I went to NKU, so we're talking 2014-2015 being that season. I've, and those what 10 years i've yet to see so much parity at the top of the league i mean when you look at it from oakland down to purdue fort wayne in the standings any one of those seven teams could walk away with the title and it wouldn't surprise me at all and even if you just look at it i think between youngstown who's third and purdue fort wayne it's only two games in the loss column difference and the importance of those top four seeds getting that quarterfinal home game is incredibly important so just how bunched up the standings are and how much parity there is. I mean, anyone can go beat anyone in their home gym in this league. It's unbelievable how many different results you can see. Like, you don't know what you're getting what's going into the weekend. And it's been kind of crazy to watch, but it's also been really fun to watch just because you don't know what's going to happen. In years past, you've had NKU, Wright State, Oakland. I mean, maybe a group of three or four at the top and then like a middle group and about – I mean, this year it's seven or eight deep at seven or eight deep at the top. You don't know who's going to come out on top. No, the depth, that's been the main talking point for a while. And it's funny, the various coaches I've talked to, they all say the league, will it'll sort itself out, it'll sort itself out. Well, some of those coaches have said, well, it's taken a little longer to sort itself out. We don't know what to expect. Like, I mean, obviously you want to win the regular season title, but you're right. I mean, regardless of the regular season title, once you get to that tournament, I mean, you, you brought it up. Fort Wayne's eight spots down, but the gap between them and Oakland is not that wide. Oakland 13-4 and four in conference play at the top. You have eight and eight Fort Wayne. The gap between them is not really that wide. Robert Morris is six and ten, sitting in that you know third to final spot. But they've been known to knock off some top teams as well. So yeah, it's going to be a very wild uh, tournament. Whenever we get to that point, seeding is going to be very important. Your thoughts on Oakland? Greg Campy's been around for well, he's been around forever in college basketball, but the league he's had some very talented teams throughout his time in the Horizon League. They've always uh, you know just come up just a little short. Thanks to you for one of those years, by the way. I'm sure Greg Campy still has nightmares about that shot of yours, but uh, just. Your thoughts on Oakland and their chances to hold off the rest of the league and, and what your thoughts on them heading into the conference tournament? Yeah, I would say they're favorites as of right now to win the regular season. I'm not even going to put a favorite tab on anyone to win the tournament as we just discussed, like, the parity of it. But if you're telling me, I mean, obviously they're at the top, they got a slight lead. I just think of the teams I've seen be able to call a lot of them in person, Oakland's got their team figured out right now, playing their best basketball, with the remaining schedule, I think they're the favorites to walk home with the regular season title, which unfortunately doesn't come with that NIT bit anymore, but it's still a regular season title. Um, I think Coach Campy has done a great job of building a team, not only just getting talent. I mean, he's had incredible talent, probably the best in the Horizon League in the last 10 years. I mean, you just look at some Kay Felder, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Jalen Moore, Jamal Kane. I mean, you just look at some of the guys he's brought in. 
that talent's been special. So I think this year's team, although it might be lacking some of that top-end talent, I mean, Trey Townsend's still an unbelievable player. But the team that he's built with shooters in terms of Lampen and Golke, you got the bigs and Conway and uh, Townsend, as I mentioned, and then you got Rocket Watts off the bench, DQ Cole. I mean, they're just a very well-rounded team, and they're going to be extremely hard to beat in the tournament. And if they end up winning it, I, I, they're on upset alert for a major team when it comes to March Madness that they can make it there. Now, I'm glad you brought that up about Oakland because I've always said that. I was like, if you look back at the at the tenure of, of Greg Campy just in the Horizon League, I think you can go back, and I think if you had to rank the top rosters in the last 10 years, I mean, I think Oakland would take you know four or five of those just based on the depth and the overall skill players that, that they have had. But this year, you're right. They're, they don't have that that star player, but they have just a well-rounded roster, and it's actually probably the most well-rounded roster Campy has had since being in the league. You brought up the shooting. I mean, Golke and Lampman, just to have those. I mean, I watched when they played Wright State a few weeks ago. I mean, you have Golke on one side, Lampman on the other. You have to. You can't switch off those guys. You can't help off those guys. And then the bigs just dominate down low. I mean, to have both of those shooters on the left and right wings and then the bigs down low, that's the toughest team to guard in the league because you can't help down off those guys. That reminds me back when you know you played. That was the same for your team and the Wright State team with you and Loud and Love down low and the shooters out on the outside. You two were the toughest teams to guard just because of the dominant post down low, yes, but the shooters on the outside, Oakland, very well-rounded, no doubt. Yeah, a lot of it, especially in mid-major basketball, is about the construction of your team, being able to fit your system as well as getting that top-end talent. And you kind of mentioned our teams. I mean, if you go back and look at when Coach Brandon was there and our team, I mean, you have a very, very dynamic point guard. You had LeVon Holland there, who might be the best player to ever play at Northern Kentucky University when you just look at pure athlete and skill. You have Jalen Tate comes in after him to take over that role, who obviously people might be a little bit more familiar with, ends up transferring to Arkansas and leading them to an Elite Eight run. So you have a dynamic point guard. You had a top end shooter. Cole Murray was there mm-hmm. for my first two years. Who was six foot eight sniper that shot over forty percent from three. I mean, you don't find those in mid major basketball two options, and that transfers right into Tyler Sharp after him. And then you had a big. You had myself. You had Chris Vogt. You had Brennan Gillis who was there for the first part. Uh, and then you had uh, a couple other ones that kind of came in, and then you fill in the pieces around them: a shooting four and Dantez Walton. So construction of the team to fit not only the system as well as that top-end skill is so important in mid-major basketball. I think Happy has hit the nail on the head this year with his team. All right, well, good stop again. Drew McDonald, a former Northern Kentucky great, awesome enough to give us time on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, three-time Horizon League first-team member, former Horizon League Player of the Year, uh, not one of the best players just ever at Northern Kentucky, but one of the best Horizon League players, no doubt about it. Now, calling games for his alma mater, Northern Kentucky, uh, awesome stuff. Drew, I appreciate your time. Great insight, not just on your former team, NKU, but the league as a whole. Race to the finish line, the race to Indy, the race to the final, you know, get those final, you know, top four spots. The games are heating up, and I can't believe we're less than a handful of games remaining in the season. But, man, it's going to be quite an entertaining finish. Uh, that's for sure. No doubt. I'm excited. March is here, right around the corner. It's the best time of the year. It feels like this season has flown, but we're in for a good one to end the Horizon League. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.